0: Of better practice better life go to actdental.com forward slash bpa or hit the link in the show notes yo 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 hey guys welcome back to another awesome edition of the best practices show podcast have you ever thought to yourself do coaches have coaches well they do we have an amazing coach her name is jamie this is the first time i brought her into the podcast She's crazy brilliant. So brilliant that it bends my brain every 90 days. Like she keeps us engaged. She keeps us focused. It's a huge energy shot. And I'm like, Jamie, you got to go on our podcast and you got to share some of the things that you're sharing with us. Today, she shares her model. The stages have changed. This rocked our world. And it got all of us energized about how to help teams better understand these stages. Please listen to this. I know you guys will enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jammer on here. My job is to find the best thinkers, best teachers, best coaches, most brilliant people in the universe to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today is a crazy, special, unique episode because for the first time I'm bringing on the coach's coach. Yes, coaches do have coaches. And so <laughs> I I have the greatest coach ever. And uh, I thought we would bring her into the podcast today. So Jamie, thanks for being on. Really appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you for setting the bar so high for <laughs> this
0: episode. Whatever, whatever. Now I'll do a little intro, but I want you to tell your story before we get into this. Today, we're going to be talking about the stages of change, which she presented to my team of coaches and they went crazy. They were like, this is brilliant. Now I'll just say this. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a coach and you own a business, that's silly. You can't figure things out. Jamie comes into our environment once a quarter and she gets us all focused. You referred to it as the energy shot. And that is so true. I could go on for 10 minutes why this is so beneficial. I own this business 25 years. I love my team, but there's a certain point they can't hear me anymore. Jamie comes in. All I have to do is show up. Like I do get mentally prepared. I get emotionally prepared. I do have some notes. I do do some financials. All I have to do is get to the meeting and all I got to do is be there, which is different from years and years and years ago where I had to create an agenda. I had to keep everybody on the agenda. Don't do that. Let right. an expert do that. So Jamie, right. I want you to share your story with the people that are listening. So who's who's Jamie? What do you do?
1: Oh, it's so complicated. Like all of us, we're just complicated humans. So my background is actually in big corporate. Um, Cargill for those of you who live in the Midwest, you maybe have heard of it, but one of the largest privately held companies on the planet. And so I lived abroad and traveled globally for my career there and really did really big business strategy. Right. So I wasn't the one always leading it. I did a lot of facilitation, but I was in the room and really got to kind of think in that way. And it kind of a rewiring of your brain because that strategic thinking, as you know, right, doesn't come naturally to some people. You've got to kind of hone it and you've got to you've got to broaden your perspectives and your horizons. Um, So I did that for 13 years and then just kind of got tired of the big corporate thing. And wasn't feeling the impact and just knew I could take what I had learned and scale it for the small and mid-market, which is the backbone, right, of our economy. And I grew up in a family business, so I kind of knew what it was like to be in a small business and ride the roller coaster, right, of good quarters and bad quarters and good years and bad years. And and so I wanted to bring everything I learned to, to these people that I thought I could help and have a lot more impact. And so it's been nine and a half years of creating impact and coming into organizations. And we've expanded what we do to we take a very holistic view, which is what your team is feeling is we don't just come in and do strategy. That's important. But you also then have to have a team of people that can drive the change needed to actually achieve that strategy. And you've got to have a culture, which you totally have down. You've got to have a culture that's strong enough to support it. And so when we come in, we're looking at, the people side and the business side to make sure they're aligned.
0: Yeah, totally. Very well said. Um, And, you know, we work hard at the culture thing. I don't want to say we have any perfect, but this is proactive for us. I want to maintain, grow, nurture this culture. And I know there's a certain point where I'm the biggest problem. Actually, all the time, (laughs) I'm the biggest problem. So putting all those together is crazy key. And now another couple of things that you should probably know about Jamie is I interviewed a lot of coaches. Hands down, Jamie was my favorite. Like nobody even came close. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can talk to me in a way. Now we, we refer to gloves off. Like you come in and there are some things I'm like, oh gosh, you did not just say that. And you're like, yes, I did. And you got to have the trust with somebody to just go there and tell you exactly what's going on. Tell us a little bit about the coach client relationship, how you see it before we get into the stages of change.
1: Yeah. So it's one of our core values, raw authenticity. It's so the analogy I give that always gets a chuckle is you don't hire a personal trainer to give you a bowl of ice cream in the remote. Right. Think about True. that. You would never hire a personal trainer to do that. Why would you hire a coach to come in and pacify you? Right. Or just come in every now and then and tell you you're doing a good job. Like, I don't believe that's the that's the job of a coach. Uh, I think we're advisors. We're there to help you see what you can't see because you're too close to it. Right. Right? And that's, I think what's helped you guys is you guys are, you already know your business. So I'm not coming in and telling you, this is what you need to do. I'm coming in and asking you questions so that you can take a step back and say, wow, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it because I was so close to it, but we do have that problem. Right. right? Or I can see that now. And that's, that's worth its price in gold. I mean, I have a coach. We all like any coach, any advisor coach, anybody you're going to have come into your business. If they do not have a coach run in the opposite direction. Because we all need to level up, right yeah. and, and have somebody that's helping us,
0: yeah, And you said this at the beginning, like I can see ceilings you can't even see, and I'm like, you're okay, totally. Um yeah. And one of the ceilings we're going to talk about today is the stages of change. Now, we create content, We coach clients, we coach dental practices, and we put in a lot of infrastructure and systems and thoughts and tools. And when Jamie came in, she's like, she diagnosed, listen, you guys create a lot of stuff but it's not sticking to the level that you would like and you introduce the stages of change and we can't stop thinking about this. So I want to, I want you to take the listeners through the why of this and then the how and the steps. So where do we start?
1: Yeah. So change management is one of the biggest things that we're talking about that we're working with clients on right now because they're we're living in a pace of change that most have not experienced, right? It, it, the rapid pace of just not even just normal business, but just everything societally that's happening. And so what's happening is there's change fatigue happening that we're not realizing, and it's impacting performance in most of our organizations. And so on a whim, it wasn't even part of the agenda, right? But as mm-hmm. you guys were diving in, I got up and did what I do, right? I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this model to you. And you're like, wait, what? And so essentially what it is, is it's a simple model. And are you going to share? Are we going to be able
0: to share the image with folks? Yeah, I'll actually put, yeah, I'll put the image up for people that are watching. I'll also put a link to uh, Jamie's Stages of Change in the podcast. So if you're listening on Stitcher or iTunes, you can go down and it'll be the first link. Just click on it and you'll see what she's talking about
1: because sometimes the imagery also helps. But yeah. essentially what it is is scientifically proven that as humans, when something is changing, and this can be the smallest change, it can be a big change, right? So it, it, it really doesn't under, doesn't matter the magnitude, but you go through these five stages. And when we talk about it with leaders and coaches, we say, oftentimes as leaders, let's say we're a business owner, right, of a dental practice they're going like, why won't my people just get on board, right? With what we're doing? Like, why aren't they? And we usually help them step back and say, because we haven't done the work needed to help them see the change, right? And what's involved in the change. And so the different stages of change, our job as leaders is to help people get through the stages as fast as possible not expect them to just be on board because we sent an email or we said something once. Right. And that's the part is leaders. I think we get hung up on is we just get frustrated. And so when we share the stages of change, it's to help leaders understand that don't be frustrated. Just realize they're just somewhere on the stage, right They're They're in one of those stages and we have to figure out how to move them. So I'll walk through the five stages of change and kind of give you a high level kind of cliff notes on it. And if, if you have questions as I go, through this, just throw them out there.
0: Oh, I'm gonna to have a ton. So I'll just I'll I'll stay with you. If so, if you're a listener and you're and you're an entrepreneur, you're a dentist. I'm gonna tell you the frustration that Jamie's talking about. You experience this firsthand. You're like we've talked about this like yes. ten times. I gave you guys the whole thing. We I actually wrote it out. We talked about it in a meeting. And then one of the things that I would do is I'm like, we spent a lot of time talking about that. And what I realized was I was only at the first stage. What Jamie's going to take you through is a tool that anyone in your organization can point to these five stages and go, I am still here. I don't have the information or the understanding of this before we can move to the second stage. Um, yeah. So, So take us through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we can give some examples as we're going too, because I have a lot of examples on, on how this has really come and resonated with, with uh, business leaders. But the first stage of change is awareness. So if you think about like it's a curve, right? And there's five stages on that curve. The first stage is awareness. And what awareness means is wait for it. I'm aware of the change, <laughs> that's, but that's it. Right. I've seen an email. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm changing. It just means you sent me an email. Right. I've heard you mention it. Okay, but that's all that is to me, right? I'm just aware that there is a change we're talking about. So after awareness, we move people to understanding. So understanding is interesting, right? I know a little bit more about the change. Not quite sure how this is going to work or how it's going to impact me, but I understand it maybe a little bit below the surface, right? A little more than just you've sent me an email.
0: Right. Let me let me talk about the stage, in, what's happening in between. If you were an act dental team member, you've worked with me for a long time. You know, Kirk has a lot of ideas. So the awareness thing happens. And then you're like, okay, he sent me the email. He changes his mind all the time. He sees a new course. And like, I'm just going to let this go until he brings it up again. And then I'm thinking he might be serious because you helped us understand. I'm going to put a lot of these things together. So hold tight. You know, the signature of mediocrity is chronic inconsistency, which is what I was prior to putting in this operating system. Only because like I see things, I like things, I want to move, I want to try this. And so what I didn't know, I was creating organizational fatigue and also people pull back from trusting just yet because they're going to wait and see if the bald guy really is going to stick to this. Now, one more thing I'll throw into the room on this. You said at one of our coaching sessions, you have to understand your people need to hear it seven times, seven different ways. So add some color to that.
1: Yeah. So whenever somebody says, but we communicated it to them and then we, we wrote a process for them. I'm like, that's two out of seven. What else <laughs> are we going to do? And they're like, what? Right. It, it's scientifically proven seven times in seven ways. And that might mean verbally right that might mean in a meeting where they're connecting dots because it's all about dot connecting they aren't on the journey they haven't been thinking about it for three months or three years like you have they don't see the same problem you see from their seat and so you have to paint the picture for them right in pieces and put it together for them and so most leaders give up too early and they get frustrated and then the employee is frustrated and it's because we we don't have this common language like you said to point and say I'm only at awareness. You haven't gotten me further than that. I need more, right? Whatever that looks like. Um, That's what we want to create is that common language.
0: Yeah. So take us through that. What happens once I get to understanding and then what's the next stage after that?
1: Yeah. So understanding is like, you know, we call awareness is discomfort, right? Like, uh uh-oh, like what's changing? Understanding is... Okay, right, like open to hearing more, but I have no idea what this means for me. The third stage is acceptance. So this is a really important one. We call this stage fragile hope, right? So this is three stages into the five, and they're still not fully on board. What it really means is they're now open to being involved in the change, but they don't fully understand the change yet. And what happens with most leaders is we get people to using the language and and when we walk through, I walked through with you, you know, we talk through even trigger words that you'll hear from people on how they know where they're at on the change. You'll think you've got them there because they're saying all the right things, but all it's going to take is for someone to be like, oh yeah, we tried this three years ago, you weren't here, but Kirk did this before. Yeah, we tried, it It doesn't work and he'll probably go backward, right? All it takes is someone to put any amount of like, uh uh-oh in there and they slide right back down the change curve. Yeah. So most organizations that we come into, even if they think they're good at communication, only get people to acceptance and then they wonder why people are still wavering because at acceptance, I have a foot in the past pre-change And I have a foot in the future knowing something's happening, and I haven't yet decided which one I want to be in.
0: Yeah. And the past is always more comfortable.
1: 100%. Right. So going from acceptance to the fourth stage of change, which is commitment, that's the biggest chasm as leaders that we have to cross. That is where the work is. So I tell leadership teams, when you feel like you have someone to acceptance, double down don't, don't take your foot off the gas at that point and think you're done and move on to the next thing. That is the point where you actually have to increase your communication, right? You have to talk more about what's going on. You have to create different space and places for people to have the conversations and drive the change. Um, Because commitment means I am taking proactive steps in relation to the change. So words that you would hear from somebody when your team is fully committed, you're gonna hear things like, hey Kirk, that thing you were talking about, like I know we're doing that, but I was also thinking, what if it could also help us over here? Yeah, Uh, You know you have them because they're not focused on the change and the pain of it. They're actually proactively thinking about other things that could happen, right? And that you could also leverage that change for.
0: Yeah, now I'm gonna go through this as the observer or the listener Mm -hmm. here too. Mm -hmm. You know, this is interesting because number one, what Jamie gave us was a framework. First of all, I didn't even know this existed. So mine would only, my frustration would only grow. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do we really have to do this again? What I now know is it's a very fragile state. The second thing that you're probably thinking if you're listening, this is like, wow, this is a lot of time. Like, how much time do I have to put into this? And the time is well invested if you can understand the journey. Because after commitment comes what? Advocacy. What is that?
1: Advocacy is where I am going to be an evangelist for the change and I'm going to help other people get through the change curve. Right. I'm going to advocate for what we're doing and why it's the right thing for the company, right? How it's going to help us. And so it you have to get through the commitment and get somebody to that evangelist stage, right, for them to be in advocacy. But you said something that's really important that we get this question all the time. That sounds like a lot of time. Here's what I will tell you. You can spend it up front on the change or you can spend it on the back end when it's not working. And when people aren't following the process, and when they're, you're going to spend the time regardless. Mm-hmm. So, why not spend it proactively, right? Focus on that so that you can move on to the next change. Because, how many organizations are still reliving change they made a year ago, processes that aren't being followed, right? right? Things that aren't being done in the consistent way. It's because they didn't actually manage the change the first time out. And so now we just manage the fires that are created because of it afterwards. So I think it's a, uh, you're, you're losing time no matter
0: what. Yeah. Let me add one more layer of complexity. I'm a visionary. I think in pictures, like I'm a terrible trainer to begin with. Like Jamie, you don't understand. I've got all these people I love and care for them. But like, I, I, this is how I talk to them. And so, um, you know, the, 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 like, so I'm, (laughs) and they look at me like, you know, finding Nemo. (laughs) When Dory's telling a joke and everyone's like, we're trying to follow you. So help me through that. Like, how do business owners help people really get it and grow through this process to become advocates for anything they're trying to do in their business?
1: So the first step and this is so most don't know about models like this. Right. These are this is from my big corporate days, but I've simplified it down I'm reminded of the Maya Angelou quote. And this is where I think you guys are at right now. When you know better, then do better. And if I don't know it, I can't do it. But now that you know it, now we need to actually, right, use it and be more aware of how we come across, right? It's that self-awareness is kind of the first step. But how you do it is you focus on the people on your team who are actually good at this. So when I come into a leadership team, I'll know the people that have a little higher emotional intelligence and that's not a disrespect to it, right? Some people have higher natural emotional intelligence than others. Emotional intelligence typically and empathy is the key to being really good at change management and getting people through because you have to be able to sit in their seat and look at what you're saying and go, oof, that email could really come across wrong if we say it that way, right from their seat. And so sometimes as a leadership team, it's for you, it's just surrounding yourself with people, which you've done a great job of, that can see different perspectives and aren't afraid to tell you, I don't know if that message is going to be received in the way you intend it to be received.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, as a beneficiary of understanding this model, the further I move up this stages of change as a team, the more time I get back. I get tons and tons of time back later where the advocacy You know, this is a dentist. This is when you have a great team and you're like, I don't even know what they did today, but that, wow, that's great. And they, they get it. You know, the, the, the opposite of that is I'm going to intentionally or unintentionally micromanage this whole thing. And I'm going to be in your face going, okay, remember, we talked about this, right? Am I on the right track here?
1: Yes. And the other thing that you have to think about, so the micromanaging is a perfect example. When you feel like you are micromanaging, it's because you're not managing change. You're not having the real dialogue human to human to say, does this make sense? Right? Or like, what else should we be thinking about? Like, I don't, it's oftentimes asking different questions to get people through those, that change curve is you've got to, you've got to turn their brains on in a different way. Because here's the thing your employees are not sitting around like i'm just going to stay at the awareness phase like screw them that's not happening they don't realize they're not at the aware you know they're not at advocacy perfect example i think i shared this with you guys so a really large so 300 million general contractor been working with them for four or five years and in january at their annual planning they've had lean so a lot of people have heard about lean right in a manufacturing construction space lean six sigma they have hired a full-time person who's been there for two years driving a lean agenda in their organization but it's kind of been faltering and stopping and starting and we were planning it and i finally just turned to the executive team and i said how i drew the stages of change and i said where are you at as it relates to lean on the stages of change this is the executive team leading the entire organization. we're two years in and all but one of them the person who owns the lean team Mm -hmm. said, I'm like back at understanding and I'm like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars have been spent that is really going nowhere because none of you are actually committed or advocates for lean. Right. And they, it was this moment of, they weren't operating every day, trying to undermine what was going on in the organization, but until they had the language to say, I'm not there yet, right. That opened a whole dialogue and now actually has had other ripple effects in the organization where they're like, we're not having these kind of conversations. Yeah, And this is the kind of stuff that's holding us back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you, you pointed out something. I want you to go back to this. You mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with us in this last coaching session on the leadership, getting them all through these stages of change. Can you just talk about the importance of Cause we do, you know, we coach a lot of practices and we start there. Like we've got to get all the leaders aligned before you go to everyone else. So if you have a multi-doctor practice or you have multiple leaders, can you talk about why you do, you work with leaders first before you even, you know, start to go anywhere else?
1: Well, because the entire organization follows right where the leaders go. And if the leaders are all going in different directions, what direction does the organization go? It's spattered, like it, right. it doesn't have clear focus. It doesn't have, right? And that's that's actually the biggest fracture we see in most organizations today and why you're having retention issues and all these things is because they look at the leaders and go, every single one of them is misaligned. Yeah. And what we tell leadership teams is if you think you're hiding your misalignment, your dysfunction, your distrust between yourselves, you're not right? Think about parents who think they're hiding, right? What's going on? You're not. The organization is seeing it and they're seeing that you're not aligned. And two things happen when a leadership team is not aligned. People take advantage of it because they go to, right? It's the whole mom, dad. I'm going to go to which one's going to give me the answer about what I want to do this weekend. Give me the answer I want. That's what they do to the leadership team, right? So they, when they see fractures, they're going to, if they know they can get it from Kirk, they're going to say, I'm going to go ask Kirk that answer you know, and get what I want, even if somebody else isn't aligned to that. So they, they see right through it or it causes them anxiety, right? They, it causes them like, I don't know what to do because I don't see my leaders being cohesive and being aligned. Yeah. And so if we don't start there, none of the rest of it matters.
0: 100%. As goes the leadership team, so goes everyone else.
1: Yep. So, yep.
0: yeah. Now. I'm listening to this. I'm a dentist, Jamie. I just clicked on the this 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 <laughs> um, you know this frame. Coach me through this, okay? I've got a big practice. Where do I even start with this stages of change? How would I describe it to my team?
1: Right. So what I would say is, it's always good to use examples. So I would say, pick a change and this could just be we're going to make a small change to a process right or we're going to start measuring something different like don't pick your biggest like we're implementing a whole new like system right don't start there you, you've got to build the muscle but start with a change that's happening and vulnerably draw this up you don't have to describe it the way i describe it right use the cliff notes version and reach out to me if you want i mean i've got more details behind this i'd happy to share but tell your team about what i learned And like you said, you guys are plastering it on the wall because you just want to be able to point to it and say, where are you at, right? Right. Tell me where, where do I think I'm at right now? Oh, I'm here, right? So create that common language, but do it for some of the small things, right? Like, do you feel like you could be a full advocate of this right now? And give them the space to answer that. And if they're like, no, I don't know how I advocate, because here's what advocacy is. Advocacy is when someone else pushes back I step forward versus stepping back. And what a lot of leadership teams don't realize is they go through the stages of change and they don't get as far as they think they do. And the moment somebody on their team down in the organization has a problem with it, what's the, what do they do? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's not the best thing to do. You're right, we didn't. We need all leaders to be like full on committed and advocates of this. And to do that, we have to make sure they have the talking points and they have what they need. But just start using this language, whether it's in a one on one and you're having a performance conversation. Right. Right. Where are they at? Do you, do you understand? Right. Do you fully accept where we're at? Like, you know, how can you be committed and show your commitment to this? Like, just start using the language because I think it's going to change the dialogue that you have.
0: Yeah. So having a great coach can help you see the application of this. So when Jamie came in, like one of my favorite things in the world, I love reading about culture. I want you to talk about your culture thing here in a little bit. And some of the best writing in the world is from Patrick Lencioni. He talks about this concept called peer to peer accountability. Now, when you read about it, you're like, that sounds amazing, but it sounds like way far out there. How do I get an entire team? of holding each other peer-to-peer accountability. And I think what you're saying is that once you get to advocacy, you see more of that, correct?
1: Right, because you've gotten through commitment, right? So you can relate it back to Patrick Lynchoni, the five dysfunctions of a team, right? Exact same thing. Unless there's a high degree of trust, we're having good, healthy debate and discussion, we're not fully committed, right? We're not our heads committed. And that's what I think happens in a lot of organizations, and especially as a business owner. And this is something that owners need to realize is people are going to nod their heads when you say something just because they feel like they're supposed to do that. That does not mean they're committed. So when you create the opening to say, I see you're nodding your head, like, like, walk me through where you're really at. Like, do you fully understand, right? Why we're doing this and give them the opportunity to say no, at least then, you know, and you can do more work. Versus we go, okay, yep, they nodded their heads. Everyone was looking at me in the room like, we're all good. And then I move on to the next thing. That's where the pain comes from because nobody, people are just nodding their heads because they know they're supposed to because you're the business
0: owner. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. So I'm... I'm Again, we're going to put this in the podcast notes. So if you're not taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. I will include what Jamie gave us so you guys can have it and you'll be able to see the stages of change. I want you to give us any last thoughts you have on that. But then I also after that, we're going to talk about what you do. And I want you guys to follow Jamie. Jamie's got a podcast. She actually has a culture mastermind. She's written many books. But like any any last thoughts on the stages of change?
1: So the thought is, is just, again, back to when you know more, you know, when we know better, do better. So now, you know, everybody who's listening, you know, that this is a real thing. It's scientifically proven. It's how humans brains are wired. You can use this at home. You can use this in your community groups. You can use it right when you get good at it at the office. It works in life to say, how are we going to get people on board with what we're trying to do, where they feel comfortable, right? And we can be successful as a team. So just practice it, right? Try a conversation, try it out with somebody that you trust, right? Start using it in your leadership team. And maybe you just start there, right? We didn't go to all your coaches right out of the gate. We started using it as a leadership team first to say, do we fully understand how to use this tool right in this model? So just start having conversations. That's where it starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, Jamie's crazy brilliant. So I take all these notes. Then I have to digest them for like two or three days. It's so good. It's an ultimate energy shot for us here at Actina. No. Like we're we're like looking at the calendar for when she's going to come back. Because,
1: I am too, because you guys are, I love it. I love well,
0: it. and talk about organizationally, the 90 day energy boost. What's the psychology behind like having the shot in the arm every 90 days? How do you see it?
1: Well, it's, it really is, again, back scientifically proven, right? Our As humans, our bodies are 70% water. And so when you think about the, the changes of season, right? And kind of what goes, they've actually proven that humans lose energy about every 90 days because our cells are turning over and there's a lot going on. We see this play out in organizations because, and, and some of us are, you know, you get to the end of Q1, it's the end of March and you're like slogging it through right until spring gets here. But it's also happening in our businesses to the point where we have clients that have that quarterly March, right? That they're on and they get into that rhythm. And for some reason, I just had a client not too long ago, they had to push it by like two weeks because of a, you know, an issue with someone's schedule. And they came in two weeks later and said, we will never do that again. For that two weeks, we literally could feel our energy was gone. We, did, we couldn't even have the conversations we want to have. And so it's that real rhythm. And so what we talk about is we work with leadership teams, right? So we come in and help the leadership team get good at it. But then we want you to do that same thing with your team. Yeah, And that rhythm can look, it doesn't have to be just quarterly, right? It can be every couple of weeks and monthly and quarterly. But what is that strategy and communication cadence and that rhythm that you want to put in the business? It's so important to keeping humans high performing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's 13 weeks. I mean, I lose focus really fast. <laughs> I forget what we were talking about yesterday, you know, so every human being in your organization can get around, okay, we're going to focus on these elements of our big plan for 13 weeks. And what you do is you feel this element of progress. You're like, wow, we really got that done. And that's what everybody needs. They need that collective confidence. Um, Jamie, you're just, you're just a blessing to all of us. I want you to talk about your study club, your, well, you have your, your culture club. Now you also have several books and you guys, you got to listen to her podcast. So if you (laughs) want a little dose of the coach's coach, like she's brilliant. Um, talk about where do I find out more about what you do?
1: Yeah, so f- podcasts, first off, a superpower of success, um, all the places you get podcasts, so super easy to find. I've been doing it for six years, um, so there's lots of episodes if you wanna go back and binge. Um, but we really focus on redefining what success looks like for leaders. And so we bring on uber-successful people that have had journeys that are full of ups and downs, sideways, left turns. And we have them share their journeys and talk about as leaders, right? What, what has that leadership journey been like and what have they learned along the way? So it's full inspiration, full stories of just like, We've all had, you know, we all have a story of things that are good, bad and ugly, right? And what we've dealt with, but I think it helps normalize it when we hear other leaders talking about their own struggles and how they got through them. So that's the podcast. Um, From a book standpoint, uh, You Are Here, Kick-Ass Inspiration for Navigating Your Journey to Success was my first book I launched in 2021, which is really about my journey to success and all of the good, bad and ugly that, you know, has happened and, and really talking about that. So it was kind of an extension of the podcast. And then our second book is actually pr- on pre-order right now on Amazon. So it launches June 20th called The Culture Climb, um, and it's how to build a workplace culture that maximizes your impact. So it's got our model in there. We talk a lot about our holistic approach to conscious leadership and, and really how you build a sustainable business that and, and grow with less pain is yeah. really our focus as a business. And then from there, we do uh, in the Minneapolis area, um, we do culture panel events every quarter. And then out of those, we started to identify a need where leaders wanted to come together to talk about their role in culture. How can I help? I'm not the HR person. I'm not. It's not their job. Right. To fix culture, not the business owner's job. It's, it's the team's job. And so we bring leaders together in our culture roundtables, like a mastermind. Um, and we're kicking off a new set of those in May to just help leaders come together and share best practices and understand like, here's what we're trying and here's something we've done. And then we're bringing in our tools to those conversations to give them the tools that they need to start driving different conversations in their organizations.
0: Absolutely. Jamie, you're the best. I'm going to encourage you guys to check it out. I'll just remind you, like nothing trumps organizational health when you have a healthy group of people that think the right way that are bought in and are all in the right seats you enjoy going to work it makes you so happy and the net 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 of it is way greater than you could ever imagine so the financial impact the time impact it's incredible so i would encourage you to invest in the culture journey so jamie thank you so much for being on i really Uh appreciate you Yeah, so stick around we say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to The Best Practice Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends, and keep sending us suggestions for things you want to see. I'm going to have Jamie back again and again and again and again because it's going to bend my brain, and I'm hoping it bends your brain so you guys create a better practice and a better life. So until we hear from you next time or you see us next time, keep watching, keep listening to The Best Practice Show. You guys enjoy your day.